The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together. And it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H-E-L-P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. As you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about the quality of content that we deliver to all of our listeners. If you like what you hear on the show, please feel free to visit roadtorediscovery.com support. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com support. We'll even give you a shout out. And as always, there's no obligation. We are truly grateful for your listenership. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So let me let me let me see if I can explain something that we have all heard at one time or another. It's always been said that in life, there are just a few things that you can actually count on happening, right? Death, taxes and change. But you know, I would challenge to um, state that there is one more to add to that list, and that's conflict. Let's face it, we're all different, and that's actually the beauty of diversity, right? We look different, we sound different, and we have different opinions and different ways of thinking. Now, while many of us have varied thoughts and ideas um, that, you know, collaboratively coming together, we can make some very creative and innovative things. But these variations of how we think can also be the source of a lot of conflict, can be the source of conflict. How do you manage through the conflict and sustain the relationships with your family and your colleagues? My special guest is an extraordinary gentleman who has leveraged his struggles with conflict and took it to the next level in becoming a leadership coach and starting Adapting Leaders, a company that helps others and others learn to navigate conflict through one-on-one -on -one coaching, group workshops, and keynote presentations, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Jerry Fu to the show. Jerry how you doing to the show? Welcome, man. It's great to have you here. Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, excited to be here. Oh, fantastic. We're excited to have you. Okay. So if you can just help the listeners and um, 
given us a little background of um, where you're from, your upbringing, and what was life like for Jerry growing up? Yeah, yeah. So my parents came over here from Taiwan for grad school, and mm -hmm. um, they settled in Wisconsin. I was born there, and um, you know, my mom did everything she could to make sure I had a carefree childhood. You know, not worrying, to worry about money. You know, whenever yeah. I wanted a Christmas present, I got you know, the presents that I hope Santa would give me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she did everything she could to be sure that uh, we never felt like we had to struggle at all. And um, eventually uh, in the employment challenges that my dad had, his job journey took him down to Tennessee. Uh, I started sixth grade there. We moved down mm -hmm. there, uh, finished high school there. And, you know, yeah, growing up, it was a combination of cartoons and school and mm -hmm. and as i got older or like elementary school age you know some uh, saturday morning math lessons <laughs> you know oh they, yeah they yeah. started they started us off pretty early just want to get that head start you know yeah and um so yeah gotcha. basically you know yeah no mm -hmm. kind of a combination of things right they they valued education they valued right. you know hard work and yeah uh, wanted to be sure that I did everything I could to, you know, not be poor or lazy, you know, or yeah. like experience some of the harder things. And, yeah. um, you know, so defaulted yeah. to a pre-med path because I had, I grew up with cousins, both of which went to Harvard and became physicians. So pretty high gotcha. bar to set and meet. And <laughs> so, um, but the problem is right. When, I default to medicine and not something that I'm passionate about and, you know, understanding right. my reasons for becoming a doctor aside from, well, I want the good life and I want respect and I want right. money, right? That's not going to sustain you uh, when, if you're going to pursue a career in medicine. So right. um, when uh, I hit my first roadblock in college, when I made a C in organic chemistry. And so I said, well, you know, uh, in my mind, right. I know other, I've met other med students have been through much worse, you know, and right. still, you know, find their way to med school became physicians because they, they wanted to, right. Their, mm -hmm. their desire mm -hmm. was stronger than mine. But I said, well, I still like healthcare. So why don't I try out pharmacy and, you know, the salaries were going up at the time and my parents were excited knowing that, Hey, well, he didn't do med school, but Hey, this is still a nice living and you know it's it's still a, a value a respectable profession so uh, mm -hmm. convinced pharmacy school i'd make a good pharmacist did finish that and that's where the crossroads got really weird because building up mm. to this you know my parents had a very conflict diverse household where you know tough conversations didn't really happen and when they did we struggled to resolve them well there's you know either frustration and apologies but nothing really you know, healthy in terms of reconciling well when it comes to that. I mean, eventually come around and do that. Well, I can't stay mad at you forever. Okay. But maybe there's <laughs> right, a right. Way, right. And yeah. so layer that with, you know, working in a chain pharmacy job, you know, that my mom insisted that I take because she's like, hey, look, I don't want you to have the same employment challenges and struggles your dad did um, trying mm -hmm. to find gainful work. So just work for this stable company for 20 years, you know, deferred life plan, bank away money aggressively. Hopefully you don't have too many interruptions. And along the way, get married and have kids, right? And maybe you mm -hmm. can retire, like, you know, mm -hmm. earlier than you'd like if you're if you're really intentional. It's like, okay, this isn't fun for me any longer. Like, I don't, right. <laughs> you know, right. on one hand, delay, <laughs> delay gratification is uh, is a value that is, um, is respectable at the same time when you feel like you can't even enjoy life now, right? You're just like, what am right. I working for, right? And yeah. Um, so it kind of came to a head when, um, yeah, this chain pharmacy that told me, hey, you just placate unruly people, give them what they want. We can't lose their business. So you just feel like you don't have a spine when you go home, right? You're just like, mm. I, I feel like I have no self-respect because, and I didn't want to look incompetent or, you know, unruly. So I would just take the path of least resistance. Like that was always my default stance whenever someone was upset with me. It didn't matter if I was in the right for what I was trying to stand up for. You know, if someone didn't like it, they'd either go to my supervisor, you know, and complain or other mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're just like, okay, Jerry, look, just roll over and, and just give them. And it's like, okay, no, yeah. I, this isn't, this isn't acceptable. Right. So after one really bad customer service incident, uh, after about five years of work at this chain pharmacy, I said, okay, I got to find something else. Like this is not going to be a long-term solution for me any longer. 
And right. so um, leverage my connections to get a teaching job through a pharmacy consulting company that I moved to Houston for. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, of course, my parents are going, what are you doing? Right. You had a full time job with benefits. Right. We right. had this great plan for you. And now you're going to take a part time teaching job with a company we've never heard of. Uh, you know, and I mean, you know, cause my mom's never worked a day in her life in a pharmacy, but you know, since mom's no best, you know, she's still the expert. And That's so what they like, say. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Right? <laughs> and so, yeah. So I took a chance on this job initially, you know, really excited about it. Um, thought it'd be the last company I ever wanted to work for. I have to work for and 11 months later, I get fired and, uh, mm. you know, it was my mistake. Uh, there was work. I needed to draft test questions. I didn't get them done. And my thinking at the time, right, was I thought, well, as long as I'm doing better than 70% of my colleagues, you know, at my chain pharmacy, that worked. Like my boss might be mad at me, but she's like, well, you know, Jerry's a harder worker than most of the people here. We can't afford to lose him. But now I'm being held accountable for work that it's like, no, we are not paying you to, to give us stories as to why you didn't get the work done. We are paying you right. to get results, right? Yes. And, yes. Um, you know, it took getting fired to you know realize that my way of thinking and doing things was not going to cut it. And so mm. um, it's it's sad that it came to that in order to learn that lesson. But at the same time, you know, there's no crying over spilled milk, right? Uh, no. either, it, either it's the worst thing that ever happened to you or it's the best thing that ever happened to you because it was the wake up call that says, hey, get better and quickly, yeah. right? I still got yeah. bills to pay. And right, so right. that's where the roller coaster, yeah, that's where the roller coaster on my career got uh, a sharp turn. In that I ended up at an independent pharmacy, house of cars, before my paychecks bounced while I filled for crooked doctors. And mm. so double whammy, right? I, yeah, I'm jeopardizing yeah. my license and I'm not even getting paid for it. <coughs> and uh, mm -hmm. even worse, you know, I was sending my checks home because I didn't have a local bank account. The first check that bounced, my boss opened up to it. It's like, hey, sorry about that. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get you, we'll, we'll pay you the cash that we owed you. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but, uh, you know, at least it's taken care of. But then two, yeah. three, and four bounce, and I didn't know. And then when he told me, yeah, uh, more problems. And then I call my mom and I'm like, hey, did you know about this when you were depositing the checks? And she's like, yeah, but I, I, I was too afraid to tell you. I didn't want to give you the bad news. And it's like, no, like this is uh, a bad, you yeah, know, this is a bad yeah. decision, right? You don't hide yes. bad news just because you're afraid it'll make me scared. Now I'm paying no. for bills with money I don't have, right? So, right, right. Um, yeah. And, right, I don't know how to confront this guy. Uh, because I'm still conflict averse, right? So thankfully, right, right. after nine months of that nonsense, uh, my friends, you know, helped me again, got me on with a more legitimate company, but um, the money was tight. And they said, well, we can't pay more than eight hours a week. So I said, okay, mm -hmm. what do I do? And they said, well, if you're willing to drive out to Austin, which is about two and a half hours away, you can get more hours out there working for us. And, you know, I could end up in worse cities, right? Other people yeah. say, oh, yeah. we don't know what the problem is. And I said, well, it's just not home, right? So I have no idea what my life is going to look like because I had no job options in Houston. And so um, that summer was key because um, some friends of mine who run a pharmacy leadership nonprofit said, hey, one of our facilitators had to back out for a national meeting. We know you've been facilitating on the fraternity side. Uh, could you step in for the leadership side? And I said, oh, absolutely. You know, um, yeah. I love these guys. I respected them so much. And, and so teaching right. leadership was the first uh, step toward, you know, this rediscovery, right? Saying, you know, before I said leadership was hard and I was bad at it, I'll never get good at it. And now I said, well, what if I could get good at it? And right. so that fall had the opportunity to either stay part-time in Austin with a great work team or take on a full-time manager position that had opened up in Houston. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm ready to come home. I can't be afraid of these challenges. The insurance right. would be also great. So, you know, let me yeah. move back home. And yeah. uh, proceed to get written up the following year because my technicians were not pulling their weight and I just refused to discipline them or fire them. And so mm -hmm. management said, you know, this is their behavior is a problem and your passivity is still a problem. And mm -hmm. so, you know, again, more humble pie managed to get out of the doghouse shortly before the company had their funding pulled. And so the only reason I got an interview with my next company was that now I had leadership experience on my resume. And yeah. so I said, wow, you know, leadership saved my career. With that said, you know, the, I, it's nice to have more job options, but they still didn't last very long because smaller businesses don't survive well in, in this healthcare industry. And right. so about four years ago, when I just got tired of seeing another small pharmacy get gunned down by insurance tactics, and I said, well, you know, I'm tired of chasing scripts 
I'm tired yeah. of, you know, fighting insurance reimbursements. Um, but I love teaching these leadership workshops. What if I tried to make a career out of that? And right, so right. again, still very scared of rejection and failure. And, um, so it was more of a hobby than like a career pivot. And what mm -hmm. I tell people is it took a pandemic for me to finally say, okay, how much longer can I put this off? Right. Um, right. let me file the LLC. Let me get the bank account open. Let me get the website up. And now it's try, struggle, fail and do everything you can to survive to get this plane off the ground. And, um, yeah. So initially I do have a certification, uh, in, in leadership. Uh, but I knew I had to niche down because there's plenty of leadership coaches out there. Right. Um, right. So what is the specialty that I'm going for? And everyone around me, all my friends said, Jerry, it's conflict, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, you've had to right. deal with some really crazy situations and you know, it'd be silly for you not to turn around and help other people with what you know is a very specific challenge, uh, in skill development for people like you, you know, in your same demographic 10 years ago who, mm -hmm. you know, come out of college when mm -hmm. they realize that what their parents told them growing up no longer holds true. And, right. you know, uh, they're like, well, what do I do now? Like, I'm, I got the, you know, I got the MD, I got the family, I got right. this and now. I thought that was it, but mm -hmm. now I've just realized I've inherited a bigger set of challenges that I thought I wouldn't have to put up with or that no one told me about. So these are the gotcha. kind of conflicts we're dealing with, right? Whether it's in relationships or your own path or others' expectations, like you said, right? Um, there's no doubt that a guaranteed thing in this life is conflict. So either you can try running from it or you can start to you know, run toward it and actually maybe grow and realize maybe I can actually handle this. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's the fight or flight type mm -hmm. of, uh, response, right? So yeah. do you run away from it or do you lean into it? Right. And mm -hmm. it sounds, it sounds like you've leaned into it and it sounds like you have had, um, numerous times throughout your career where you were introduced to, um, to conflict where you know, mm. I don't want to say there's an opportunity, but there's potential conflict that would happen because of some discipline you may need to do for mm -hmm. uh, or towards the technicians or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just just some uh, some strong language you may need to give to your old boss who was bouncing your payroll checks. Um, you know, it's a uh, uh, and, and, and when those times present themselves and you decide to go the other way, uh, it's at first sight or first at first sight, it may sound counterintuitive where all I do is just do my work. Uh, don't rock the boat. and Everything will be just fine. Right. And there's a lot of cases where when you actually operate that way. Yeah it makes things more wavy, you know, because it's, it's, you're actually, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually yeah. not addressing things that need to be addressed and so forth. So uh, it, it sounds like you, mm -hmm. you've had to kind of discover after those numerous uh, chances and opportunities, um, uh, what it means to have an adult conversation, to have those hard conversations, um, mm -hmm. to, to, to understand, I guess, uh, the meaning of um, the meaning of having a productive conversation that leads to a resolution and it's not finger pointing or yelling or mm -hmm. screaming, shouting matches or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, can you talk about mm -hmm. can you talk about the separation? Is there what type of separation, if any, needs to happen for? Well, you know what? Let's scratch that. I'm going to back up a little bit. Okay. And I want to ask you, what are some of the common fears that mm -hmm. people sure. have when it comes to conflict? Yeah. Yeah. What are the concerns, right? Um, first is, well, people won't like me for bringing this up, right? I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to be upset because like, I'm showing them that things aren't exactly mm -hmm. up to par or that I'm unhappy with their work performance. Mm 
or anything else like that. So that's the first fear, right? It's just saying, well, I'm going to lose my popularity. Like people won't like yeah. me. And I, I'm a likable guy, right? It's a threat in our identity, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone wants to be the leader that everyone loves to follow. And what they don't see though, is, you know, the reason they follow them is not because they like them. It's because they respect them. Right. Right. You know, right. people may say something like, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Jerry, you know, Jerry's really, you know, anal retentive about, you know, punctuality, but you know what? He sticks to his guns, right? At yeah, the same yeah. time, they may say this, you know, it's like, man, Jerry's really nitpicky about, <laughs> you know, typing up prescriptions accurately, but you yeah. know what? He cares, right? He doesn't micromanage, but at the right. same time, he's going to, he's really holding me to a higher standard uh, yeah. because he cares, right? And that's one yeah. of the, one of the key phrases that I've had to learn to help people understand when they say, man, you're being, you seem to be really being hard on me right now. And I say something like, look, I wouldn't tell you this unless I felt like you can handle it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that doesn't work. If, if you only say that just to placate them, I guarantee you, like, you, you know, that's going to hurt you in the long run. You have to yeah. genuinely mean it. Like you have to genuinely see the potential and who they could be and allow yourself to get frustrated as to why they aren't meeting it yet. Like that is right, the only right. way you get to say that when you say, I see so much potential for you. When will it, what will it take for you to see it in yourself? And, you know, and that's, right. that's an okay conflict, right? That's a healthy conflict when you have the current version of you and the future version of you, right? Knowing that, mm -hmm. Hey, what got you here now won't get you here. Won't get you where you want to be in five years unless you change. Right. Absolutely. And yes, you're right. You have, you have to be genuine. You have to be authentic and thoughtful when it comes to, you know, giving that type of feedback, you know, and, 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 the way the way adults are today you know um that respect is reciprocated even if you have to tell someone something unpleasant or you know uh, uh something that you disagree with how they're operating or how they're functioning or working if it's in a business environment or a family member who may have um, resorted to bad habits when you have that conversation and 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 you tell them as long as you know you come across the right way and you're genuine and thoughtful um i've learned in at least in my experience the respect has been reciprocated back because i'm 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 saying this out of respect i'm saying this out of care mm -hmm. i'm saying this out of passion right mm -hmm. and uh and 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 do you think that's one of the best practices or what is that one of the best practices that you um, you, you teach your clients when it comes to managing conflict. One of the principles. yeah. So uh, yeah. So why don't we uh, let's 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 uh, let's use an example, right? So people can really yeah. sink their teeth into it. So we're not just talking in theory talk. Yep. Um, so let I'll I'll use a situation. So I'll uh, I had a technician. I'll call her Emily, right? And okay. Emily, uh, she's sweet. She has a great sense of humor, and she's. Uh, terrible in terms of focus and discipline like she will show up late 30 40 minutes late sometimes and she mm -hmm. just shows up and then mm -hmm. not only does she show up late she takes another 15 20 minutes getting coffee and getting settled and you know she's cutting up with people and so now yeah. pretty much we've been open an hour in the pharmacy before she finally decides maybe that she wants to get to work right <laughs> right and you know i'm not here to refute the idea hey work should have you know, good morale, like have fun while you're working. Absolutely. Sure. It doesn't take away from the fact that you have a job to do, right? Like, <laughs> That's right. Like, like working hard <clears throat> and having fun are not mutually exclusive. And it sounds like, but this is what she's, this is where she is. And so, <laughs> you know, in my conflict diversion, right? Like we try to have a group meeting after we've mm -hmm. seen enough from her and we try to have a group meeting where we're talking to everybody about punctuality because everybody yeah. should know about punctuality but we're really sure. talking to emily hopefully we hoping he gets through to her and yeah. uh you know guys don't don't rely on that <laughs> in this case right, no. though thankfully she did say out loud she goes you know what i i i should show up on time right i need mm -hmm. to come here mm -hmm. earlier and, we're, and we mm -hmm. initially said oh you know thank goodness like she yeah. got the message and hopefully yeah and she proceeds to be late for the next five days so now right <laughs> now we're unhappy 
with this because again, sure. right? Some people will have great intentions and it doesn't translate into results, right? right. And right. so now I have to, I've decided to write her up because the rest of the team is frustrated and I can't afford to have them frustrated feeling like I didn't enforce rules right. or, you know, she's not pulling her weight that I'm not giving her some kind of like warning. Cause clearly a verbal warning wasn't cutting it. You know, a group right. discussion wasn't cutting it. So, okay, mm -hmm. nope, I've got to give her strike one. And so yep. we pull Emily aside, me and my other pharmacist, and we're like, hey, um, we're not happy with your performance. Like, we, you've been showing up late, you know, 30, 45 minutes. You take another 15 minutes to get settled. We've lost an hour. Like, and since, yeah. like, our group discussion and our verbal warning have not uh, resulted in changed behavior that we believe is consistent, uh, we're going to write you up. And, of course, mm -hmm. you know, you go through the – Oh, well, you know, can I just come in later and stay later? You know, because right, traffic yeah. is, you know, so then they, then while well, traffic is hard, Jerry, and, you know, other life interruptions come up and it's just like, but we're paying you the same money we're paying the other techs. So how come we have to lower our standards? Right. And, you know, these questions are, there's a, there's a bit of an edge to them, even as I'm honestly just trying to just ask her, how is this fair? Like, how do you, well, how do you, right. you know, how do you, think your actions are affecting your teammates right and right. so you know i kind of lay it out bluntly for her and you know as a guide right just to say hey look from where i see you know you basically have three options right number one is find a way to leave earlier right simple enough just leave earlier number two move closer maybe you you know you live too far away fine find some place in town where traffic isn't as big of a factor or three you know find another job that's closer to where you work or where you live. Right. So, right, right, know, right. so that's more accommodating to your thing. And, you know, so the idea basically guys that I'm, or everyone that I'm talking to, right. What I hope people see is that when you realize, Hey, look, we, the overall message is, Hey, we want you to understand that you are the one making your own decisions, right? No one else has a say in what kind of decisions you make. Sure. And, you know, we are telling you exactly what we need from you in order for you to stay on good terms here. Like that is a sure. loving thing, right? If we are not happy yes. with you, the worst thing we could do is just, you know, find excuses to fire you and then fire right. you and then that's it. But we are yeah. giving you a chance to show that you are going to, you know, step up to the standard that we know yeah. we need here at the pharmacy to be successful, right? So, right. and you know, what one thing we say, right? The opposite of love is not pain. The opposite of love is apathy. Right. 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 Uh, discipline. Right. You know, like disciplining your kids is never fun, but you know, it's loving and you know, it's necessary. And that's right. You know, for people to be like, well, you know, I don't want to hurt them. It's like, no, they're going to have some really bad habits when they get older and mm -hmm. all and your what's the cost of inaction. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, they're going to grow up to be really poorly adjusted adults unless I tell them, hey, no, it's not OK to just take stuff from other people's, yep. you know, wallets yep. and purses just because you want it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. And, 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 and to me that, that kind of relates to your example with Emily and what you were explaining to her. And like you said, mm -hmm. there's a slight edge to what you're saying. Um, because, you know, mm -hmm. I think, I feel you have to kind of strike a balance, right? Strike a balance mm -hmm. between being thoughtful and compassionate mm -hmm. and, and, and showing that you care, but at the same time, mm -hmm. That slight edge, I think, in my mind at least, gives the person on the other end of that conversation the message that you mean business. You are serious, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and that, that edge is important. And you can deliver that in mm -hmm. such a way to where you're still caring and compassionate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you want to you wanna land gently at the end. I remember when I finished sure. that conversation, I just said, hey, look. Mm -hmm. Emily, you know, we want you here. We like you here. And in order for you to stay here, right, this yeah. is what we need from you. Like sh clock right. in by 9 or 3 a.m. each day. Like be very mm -hmm. specific in your ask, right? Say, mm -hmm. this is what we need from you, right? Mm -hmm. There's no confusion. Mm -hmm. Well, did, did you say 9 or 5? Did, did you say according to my watch or what my watch says this? It's just like, no, no, no. Right. Clock in by 9 yes. or 3, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm digging it. No, big time. And you're very specific. And that's the follow-up stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, 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 and that's huge too, when it comes to conflict, wouldn't it be? I mean, when you, when you land, when you land that conversation, 
are there some next steps or some follow-up items just to make sure that you know um uh, uh the conflict doesn't go back to its normal ways or you uh you know previous ways before the conversation yeah yeah i mean you know accountability is all about that right because on one mm -hmm. hand I really needed help from her to develop a solution, right? Because right. If it's just me giving marching orders, right? Even if what I say is justified, her heart's not going to be in it, right? But if yeah. I co-create a solution with her to say, hey, look, you know, do you need me to text you when I think you should be leaving? If you know, right. It usually takes you 30 minutes. You know, what mm -hmm. kind of support do you need from me to help you honor this standard, right? Right, right. So now it's a much more open-ended conversation and now we're exploring together now we're experimenting together and now she realizes hey you know what uh jerry's not just trying to pin me with stuff to make right. my matter embarrass me right. he really is looking out for me to be sure that i am the best version of myself when i show up for work on time oh absolutely and, and involving them in the solution right is is mm -hmm. huge it's huge and it makes them feel valued and respected you know, that, like you said, they're not just coming down on me and giving me these mandates, but they're asking me for, you know, suggestions or ideas um, to, to play a part in the resolution. So, man, that's uh, those are huge anecdotes. I really appreciate you sharing that with us uh, for sure, Jerry. Um, now, I wanted to ask you yeah. a question regarding companies, right? Um, conflict in a business sense. And I'm I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel down the path of diversity and inclusion okay nice so you know most companies these days are pushing for diversity and inclusion in 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 the workplaces right mm -hmm. uh my company mm -hmm. my, my day job included now while mm -hmm. i feel personally we still have a long way to go when it comes to this um i mm. feel like we're moving in the right direction the mindset is uh quite more present than say 10 or 20 years right so oh, yeah. um does the increase in DNI in the workplace um, does that cause, or do you think it causes an increase in uh, conflict more hmm. or less than, say, twenty years ago? Well, I mean, you know, the the question is: is this a healthy conflict or an unhealthy one, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, because a healthy conflict, right? is one where you say, you know what, the beliefs I had about this, you know, this race or this, this ethnic group, oh, oh, I don't like this. Right. 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 Like that's, that's a bad absence of conflict, right? If they are not dealing with this, that's a bad thing. So right. I think in some ways the conflict was always there. It just wasn't yeah. visible or at the surface, right? It didn't bubble up to the surface and be that powerful mirror where people say, Hey, you know what? There's sure. prejudices here and we need to address yeah. them. Right. Yes. So yes. yeah. When you, when you, you know, bring to light these things, right. You're going to get all sorts of reactions. And mm -hmm. the turning point I believe is when people realize, you know what? Yeah, it's ugly. And if we're committed to each other, let's work mm -hmm. on a solution together. Right. Okay. Now let's collaborate right. on a solution. Right. And right, I think that's what right. it comes down to, right? When people agree, hey, we want everyone in this company to be seen, heard, and respected, uh, that doesn't mean we have to, you know, conform or we have to, you know, overly compromise on one side. But, you know, yeah, we don't have to agree on everything. We just need to understand, okay, what is the common ground and how do we build on it, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, because, yeah, when if you're only hiring only because of, you're trying to fill a quota of a skin color, that's a bad that's a bad thing, right? That shouldn't yeah, happen yeah. for any reason. No. Um, you know, at the same time, like if you don't hire any, or if you don't interview any candidates of a certain skin color, you mm -hmm. know, you maybe want to, that's, that's an okay quote of the hit, right? Just to say, okay, you know, we haven't had any Asians, you know, apply for this job, you know, let's right. see if we, there is one just to make sure that we're not missing something, but to hire somebody, you know, it's beyond skin color. Like, you know, right. it's about yeah. ability and, and uh you know results more than, than than anything else yeah no that makes sense and uh in addition to that jerry i feel you know while every company does this different at least in my company mm -hmm. um i feel that you know diversity and inclusion um the components mm -hmm. and the the pieces mm -hmm. that 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 make 
that movement um, um, mm-hmm. that assembles that movement that makes it puts it all together is not just mm-hmm. working and tolerating and 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 coexisting with other races and genders mm-hmm. and so forth, but it's also uh, it's also collaborative components, right? And how can we work together and be productive as a team? Um, it's the that's the inclusion part. And so, uh, I you know I think um, I don't know whether or not it's more conflict today versus twenty years ago. Now with DNI mm-hmm. being like a, a big banner, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I I think there are some key components and anecdotes in DNI that mm-hmm. can help address conflict. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, the the whole point of this, right, is, um, you know, you're just looking for humility and empathy more than anything yes. else, right, to say, okay, yes. it's like, hey, I know some things, I don't know some things. Um, and without this person's input, I don't have a complete picture. So, you know, let me, you know, you know, posture myself in a way that says, hey, you know what, I can't do my yeah. job well, unless, you, unless I have your help. And right, so, right. you know, how yeah. can how can we build that bridge together how can we build a, a strong relationship together um it can be mm-hmm. that simple mm-hmm. but it's never been a problem of simplicity it's a problem of initiative initiative gotcha gotcha that that's that's the key indicator right there um mm-hmm. i want to chat with you about something i read on your website something you mentioned on there okay and sure. and I, I found it i found it quite interesting actually so yeah. on your website you said that your ongoing um, struggle with conflict became a fascination. Now, uh, I'm not quite sure, you know, um, most other people would consider a struggle that they're having a fascination. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. can you describe your mindset or perspective that made this fascinating for you? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll do as a quick other anecdote to kind of illustrate right how okay sometimes you know our, our greatest struggles can become our greatest callings right yes. um so yes. a, a pharmacist friend of mine is a type 1 diabetic uh he's been mm-hmm. for a while right guess what he loves talking to people about diabetes <laughs> like he just oh, loves really? talking about therapies and all the, all the <laughs> new technologies that are coming out to help and so yeah. i say that because yeah. this is the same thing right and believe me don't get me wrong guys i was exhausted for a long time being <laughs> like oh not another one you know yeah yeah but yeah. then you know uh-huh. you, you, you struggle with something long enough and you say you know what i never noticed this mm-hmm. before right it's what malcolm Gladwell right. calls a desirable difficulty right where uh-huh. you just say hey uh-huh. you know what i can't run from it okay well you know what let me let me use curiosity. If I don't have the courage to take this on, well, what if I use curiosity instead and I just start to study it just a little differently and I look at it through fresh eyes and say, and I ask some questions like, how could this be helpful, right? And I tell people, right. one, the blessings in conflict is that people are honest with you, right? You, no one mm-hmm. pretends to be upset with you, right? If people right. are upset right. with you, um, you know, even if it's something trivial, but they're being honest, right? And so yeah. that yeah. is the blessing in conflict is that you finally can build a real relationship because the people are finally being honest with you. Um, you know, and that was an insight of where I've gotten unless, uh, you know, I struggle with it more. Right? I see. I see. Gotcha. So yeah. when working with your clients, um, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you measure, uh, progress or results in, um, in, in working mm-hmm. with a client, uh, who is having trouble with, um, with, uh, uh, conflict. I mean, are there follow-ups or, um, how do you, how do you know you help them move the needle in managing conflict? They fire me. (laughs) (laughs) They fire you. I don't need you. If they don't fire you, that means you're making a difference. Yeah. No, I mean, there's two reasons to work myself out of a job, right? The one is that they're like, you know, I'm strong enough to handle my conflicts now. And, you know, now I don't need your help. And so if I'm strong enough to stand on my own two feet, hey, right. We don't want a doctor that keeps people sick. Right. We don't. Right. But if right, I'm not yeah. helping them, yeah, just fire me anyway. Right. Just like, but then yeah, in yeah. a way that shows that they're not afraid of conflict because, you know, they're, if they're upset with me, they shouldn't be like, oh, I just don't want to upset them. Why don't we just keep giving them money? It's like, no, tell me I'm not doing a no. good job and dismiss me. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, I say that jokingly, but it really is. So it's not like you're looking for a key metric necessarily. If you want to say, well, I engaged in five conflicts and then, you know, I resolve four of them successfully. Okay. Maybe. Right. But it's really more about 
Yeah, when they come to me with a situation and tell me that they resolve it well, right? So I'll give some examples. So one of my clients at one point, um, you know, there was a girl he liked at church. You know, he tried to ask her out. She was kind enough to give him her number. And then after he tries calling her, you know, she's like unresponsive. But then he does some research online. Turns out she had a boyfriend already. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, and he comes to me and he's like, how do I deal with this? Like, I, I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm already really upset that somehow I just got played or I, Mm -hmm. you know, that she Mm -hmm. lied to me, you know, what, what do I do? And so I give him some tips and I give him some openness to say, you know, things like, Hey, help me understand something. Right. You know, I clearly, I like you, you gave me your number and then, you know, but then I found out online that you're, you're actually, you know, not single. Right. How do you, you know, what am I missing? Right. And so instead of immediately jumping to accusing her and saying, well, hey, you know, you lied to me and this is hurtful. Right. 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 And to give her a chance to explain her side of things, say, hey, you know what? Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm just too afraid to tell people, even though I'm in a relationship that, yeah, I'd rather just, you know, I think it's just easier just to give you my number and then ignore you as opposed to just tell you up front because I'm afraid, you know, you would get sad or things like that. Right. Yeah. So to ferret this information out or just to kind of finesse it really. And then, you know, he comes back to me and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm so thankful that I took your advice and that, you know, you gave me a plan so we can address this in a way that, yeah, it sucks that, you know, I'm not going to have a date with her. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just so glad I got this off my chest and it's not sitting on my chest anymore. So really, the question to ask is how much relief do you feel now lately? Right. Because if you say, man, I feel so much relief because I've got this off my chest. I don't have any resentment built up in me over Mm -hmm. slights or Mm -hmm. things. You know, sometimes, yeah, if a fight's not big enough to engage, don't, right? Like if you have yeah. trolls yeah. online, it's like, it's not worth your, you know, it's not worth your time to go up to everyone and be like, oh, I'm just sure curious. Like, tell me more about why you're, you know, you're saying such hateful things, right? That, that's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. worth your time and energy. But right. for the fights, you know, you can't avoid, whether it's with like your spouse or your coworkers or your boss, right? Okay, how do you handle this well? Right, so another right. example really quick. Um, another client had a really passive aggressive temperamental boss uh calls her after hours at one point she doesn't pick up because she's like no I'm, I'm not working he blows that up he blows up at her the next day just i don't think you're committed how dare you ignore my call i needed you and you know the problem with passive aggressive is that if they don't set clear expectations then they get to dance around they get angry you wherever they want right instead yeah. of really holding you to a high standard and you know right. she comes to me and she's like how do i handle this how do i address my my concerns and frustrations without possibly antagonizing him further, possibly losing my job because I'm afraid that in the heat of the moment, he might fire me. Right. Right. And so we talk through this and we say, Hey, posture this in such a way so that you're saying, Hey, I'm just trying to be the best worker I can be for you. Can we talk about what happened yesterday to make sure it doesn't happen again? Right. Yeah. And you frame it for their benefit and you say, Hey, look, I, you know, this is what I, this is what I heard. This is my understanding of what the expectations of the job are you know, show me what I'm missing. Like, what do you want yeah. from me going forward? so that we don't have to have this kind of blow up again. Right. And right. Right. So even if, even if you don't feel like you, know, you had a, you know, you did anything to provoke the situation, you know, uh, one of the gotcha. fun tips is to apologize regardless of whose fault it is. Right. Right. Um, right. And it is your, your opportunity to be the bigger person to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, this hurt. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm not in a position right now. I have to I have to be smart and wise about how I address this in such a way that I don't condone it, but I allow the other person to save face. Right. So yeah. these are the yeah. kind of things that I help people with. Yeah. Yeah, that that you know, that makes sense. And I don't want to be or sound cliche or anything, but um couple things I, I I've heard Dr. Phil say, which mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean he's Dr. Phil, but uh, two things that he says that I a hundred and 20% agree with is mm-hmm. um, someone's got to be the hero. Okay. Mm-hmm. And take that higher path. Someone's got to be the hero. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and you, you do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Right. Um, there's right fighters who welcome one. conflict because they yeah, yeah. always want to have conflict, create conflict to fight, to be right. You know, and then mm-hmm. once they're right, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter how the other mm-hmm. person feels or anything. Um, being right is all that matters to them. You know, would you rather be right mm-hmm. or rather be happy? So 
regardless of whose fault it is, to apologize, mm-hmm. you know, just the mm-hmm. fact that it happened is mm-hmm. um, is a great way of opening and kind of releasing, not releasing, but letting down the guard a little bit mm-hmm. from the other person, from being so defensive mm-hmm. because you're not yeah. coming at them, you know, with, uh, with fire and brimstone, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it sounds like in, in your work then, uh, Jerry, results are assessed by the client in their experiences mm-hmm. and not assessed by the coach. Is that right? I mean, more importantly, right. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the coach can look at things and say, Hey, how are we doing with this? But you know, ultimately right. it's not for, up to me to define success for the client, right? right? If the client says, right. Hey, you know what? I, I had a couple conversations didn't go well, but I've learned from them and now I'm, I feel mm-hmm. more prepared to deal with future ones. You know, Good. I can't, it's not for me to say whether or not that's success in my eyes. If I said, well, you didn't get, you didn't quite, you know, land the plane, you know, according to my five step framework. Then no. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. you can push a little harder. Like, no, like that's not coaching. Right. No, that's not coaching. Um, right. Right. No. Cause yeah. On one hand, you know, the more opportunities they have to say, Hey, you know, I navigated that well. Sure. Why wouldn't we want more of that? And at the same right. time, right. For some people, it is just, Hey, you mm-hmm. know what? maybe success is just thinking about conflict differently and maybe that, mm. that's enough to help them and how they approach it. Well, if anything, that's a great start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The perspective on conflict, if, if you can change that perspective, you can pretty much change the behavior, you know, uh, yeah. man, that's yeah. tremendous, man. Jerry, you have some amazing insights when it comes to handling uh, conflict um, really appreciate you being being on here and sharing this with uh, mm-hmm. the listeners. I know a lot of my yeah. listeners out there, they are in conflict, whether it's with themselves mm-hmm. or family members. Um, conflict with the person who is, uh, or a loved one who is uh, going through repeated uh, drug addiction and bad habits mm-hmm. and, 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 and trying, to, trying to sustain that relationship. But at the same time, being honest and upfront and thoughtful to to those, you know, mm-hmm. to those loved ones to make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're coming down on them or anything. And mm-hmm. and um, that can be tough to navigate for some people. But um, with, with your with your best practices and some of your principles that you've that you've shared, at least in this conversation, um, mm-hmm. I, I think you could put them very well on on their path for uh, managing through those conflicts. So. Um, thank you for sharing that for sure, man. Um, I have a quick question regarding one-on-one coaching versus group coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like workshops oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> is there a difference in the coaching? Now, I would imagine like, say for one-on-one coaching, you are working with one client, one person who is mm-hmm. uh, having a problem with managing conflict um, taking conflict, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's receiving conflict or mm-hmm. receiving a conflicting message from someone mm-hmm. in how they respond to it or um, yeah. addressing something. Right. So so that's mm-hmm. the one on one. Now, um, what is how does group coaching work? Does does I mean, are you are you working in group coaching to um, to teach them how to solve uh, or, or how to resolve conflict? um within each other and 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 how can you get out of that slippery slope of of coming across as the referee in those group coachings yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so with individual coaching right individual mm-hmm. coaching the client sets the agenda you hear one perspective and you know you take it for what it is and um that's pretty much it right if they run out of challenges they need my help with then either mm-hmm. we can either you know move on to other things or we can mm-hmm. find more uh, topics that they want uh, more help with, right? But with group coaching, it's a little different because the first thing with group coaching is to make sure the group agrees on what's the most beneficial use of their time together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it, hey, we want to talk about best practices uh, for conflict resolution whenever something goes wrong, right? Other people want to talk about, hey, we have a situation we'd like you know, your your thoughts to unpack this and help us maybe offer some new perspective. and. Sure. It could go a number of different directions, and that's fine. Um, there is no right answer except the ones that the clients come up with. And so, um, yeah, like like one one common uh, mistake we want every coach to avoid is not to become an arbitrator, right? Just mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to 
I'm just trying to rep this difficult situation and now it's really awkward and now things are things are escalating and it's like okay hey yeah. guys um yeah we can talk about this and what is the best way you know what kind of solution do you want to to come up with right so you you want to stay in a generative mode where people are experimenting instead of drudging up old feelings of frustration right? you good want them to if they are unpacking situations that are made them upset it's like okay what if we looked at it in a new light right what right, is right what is the opportunity uh that we have if we're going to study the situation together right yeah so yeah. now it's not about me giving a prescribed solution it is about giving them tools and perspectives so that they can come up with their own solutions or um you know their own new policies and things like that so yeah, yeah. group coaching it's um uh, it's it's a it's a relatively new term like because it's like well what is the difference between group coaching and facilitating uh, <laughs> you know facilitating yeah. is around the set topic and i think group coaching is more about hey you know you're coming to me with an agenda right um, right okay let's let's help each other navigate so instead of you know coaching one person uh you get a couple of different personalities in there and see how they mix and then also you know yeah you i think you you learn like a lot about team dynamics when you do group coaching gotcha gotcha no, that makes a lot of sense, man. Um, and you, you talked about best practices um, about a minute ago. So mm -hmm. um, are there are there different practices when coaching, say, in a business setting um, mm -hmm. with uh, with uh, coworkers versus coaching, say, in a family setting with uh, family members? Mm. Yeah. How do you distinguish, you know, techniques that would be better at work versus at home? Right. So right. part of it is understanding what kind of leverage you have in a work setting, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how you coach a boss who needs to confront, you know, a subordinate, right. Or his supervisor is different when, you know, you're telling a son, uh, how, or you're coaching a son and how to tell his dad that he wants to withdraw from med school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a like, there's, there's definitely different the power dynamics are similar and yet the, you know, the implications are much, much different. So I think at the end of the day, the common things I can uh, identify just in thinking this out loud with you is just to say, Hey, look, um, at the end of the day, um, the, the key is for any coach to study the lay of the land and say, okay, you know, um, in a volunteer work setting, right. You know, like, you know, what you can't just threaten to fire people when they'd already quit anyway, if you're upset with them. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I think, yeah, I think, uh, so in a, so in a work setting, right. If I'm coaching someone to say, Hey, and I don't know how to confront my boss when he keeps overloading me with work. Right. And we ask him, it's like, okay, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you ask, maybe you help you, the, your client learn to negotiate boss. If mm -hmm. I'm already working on projects, a, B and C, and you know, you want me to work on D and you say it's urgent. So, you know, do you want me to put aside A, B, or C in order to focus on D? Like, what right, do you, which right. one do you want me to do? Right. So now it's not, it's not, oh, I'm going to say no to my boss and defy him. And I'm afraid he's going to get mad at me. It is a, more of a, a civil negotiation. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, or same thing if, let's say, the son say, I don't want to do med school anymore, dad. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, coach him to say something like, okay, dad, this is what I'd like to pursue. And I'd like the chance right. to pursue it for six months. Right. And if I fail after six months, okay, let me find something a little more stable to make sure I still pay my bills. But, yeah. you know, so um, I think uh, there is, some, you just have to understand the leverage of the power dynamic is one thing because what works in a, what, what, how you adjust your boss is different than how you adjust your dad, even though there is a measure of respect you need to have. Right. So yeah. Things yeah. like that. No, that makes sense. Great strategy. And there is power in, 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 in dynamics and, and how you, how you approach um, uh, a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah. And, uh, two more questions. Sure. Um, what type of change have you seen in the relationships between people who can properly work through their conflict? You no, know, I, um, and I'll give an example from my work team. So I have one sure. technician. Yeah. We'll call her Rachel. So Rachel, sweet sweet woman mm -hmm. uh, wants to get along with everybody right terrible at conflict resolution like she <laughs> will come to me and say hey jerry you know i'm not happy with you know emily's like tardiness can you please talk to her about mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. 
you know, now I look like a terrible referee because now they're like, well, you're not enforcing it for everybody fairly. And I said, this is exhausting and a very bad system, you know? And so Mm -hmm. in this case, right, like how do I help her realize, okay, you know, so the, the progress was letting her realize, you know what, it's not in your best interest to keep this to yourself. Like, right. Um, if you truly are, um, about, a a relationship that is respectful, you have permission to be honest with them when you're upset with them. Right. Right. You, right. And it's like, how come you're okay with being upset with me, but not with them? Like what, what changed? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's the transformation is when people aren't afraid to initiate things when they know they said, Hey, you know what? I've corrected this mistake a couple of times. I need to be sure that this doesn't right. happen again. Um, I think just a willingness to take initiative, that's what it comes down to, whether it's DEI space or, um, you know, resetting expectations. It is just that measure initiative to say, hey, you know what, I don't have to be afraid to bring things up because I've, I realized that conflict is not something I have to be afraid of anymore. Right. And giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. That's 100 percent, 100 percent. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Jerry, uh, where can the listeners um, go to learn more about you? and to to learn more about adapting leaders sure uh you can connect with me on linkedin if you want uh but all the goodies happen at the website which is www.adaptingleaders.com and it got a couple things that you can download for free you got a free guide on a framework on how to handle hard conversations uh you can schedule a complimentary 30-minute call just to tell me what you're working through or you can check out the blog where i summarize useful and interesting leadership literature along with offering other life hacks. So uh, if you really want the, to, you know, have some easy ways to get started with your transformation, Hey, there's free stuff there at www.adaptingleaders.com. Fantastic. Awesome. We're going to make sure and put your, if you don't mind your LinkedIn link as well as the web web address for your website in the episode show notes. Uh, And we'll also mention the complimentary um, consultation as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, fantastic. Jerry Fu, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really, really appreciate it. I appreciate the insights. Um, I know this is of value to the listeners. So um, can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. And I hope we can stay in touch maybe come back in about six or eight months to share any updates that's happening with uh, Jerry Fu or Adapting Leaders. Yeah, check in with me whenever. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. I sure will, man. So now I'm going to get to, or we're going to get to a segment I like to call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, that's where I ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I encourage them to answer in five words or less. So what do you think, Jerry? You think you're up for it? Of course. All right, here we go. And by the way, um, my questions are not cookie cutters. Um, They are customized for my guests based on their background and expertise. Look at that. All right. All right. Okay. So starting us off for three for the road, question number one. What has Jerry learned about himself in his journey through conflict? Hmm. Um, I've learned that if, uh, if I'm willing mm-hmm. to believe mm-hmm. that I'm capable, that mm-hmm. that is the first step to becoming capable. Nice. You got to believe that you're capable. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Beautiful. Yep. Love it. Question number two mm-hmm. scenario. Okay. Two people are on a deserted Island. Give an example. They just landed there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Shipwreck. Sure. Give an example. Or not give an example. Um, yeah, give an example. What would be the first conflict that they would encounter with each other? So you're saying they they landed on a, a deserted island, like a shipwrecked, and they're like, oh, um, what's the first conflict? Yes. Uh, whose fault is it? <laughs> you know what? I was thinking that in the back of my head as I was saying this, and mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay. Now they're kind of living in the not too distant past trying to <laughs> yeah. see, okay, who is accountable for us being on this Island? Yeah. And that, and I, I think that would be the first one. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. And question number three, topping us off for three for the road. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if there is one or not, but if there is one, Jerry, mm -hmm. name a food or a dish that's a good peace offering to help manage a conflict. Oh, um, hmm. Well, I mean, at least here in Texas, uh, brisket seems to go over pretty well. There you go, brisket. <laughs> uh, and, and brisket goes over quite well indeed. I mean, especially up here in North Dallas. So uh, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brisket for sure, man. In, <laughs> at least in Texas, it's a peace offering. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, unless you're vegetarian, uh, and then that just leads to more yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Now yeah. you're back at square one, right? Exactly. Right. It's like, sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, vegan yeah. biscuit. Sorry, and then that, uh, that also leads to conflict. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. No, for sure. Oh, Jerry Fu, man. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really, really appreciate having you here. Well, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one or you have a colleague or a good friend who seems to be going through a really tough time in life, um, just one obstacle after another and, and struggling through, through, you know, getting by, not quite sure where to turn or, or what next step to take. Mm -hmm. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, there's always hope. And number two, you are not alone. You're not alone. The road to rediscovery. It's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Road to Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.